What you guys are doing right now is the hub culture. The Breakfast Club is my morning sit. I need it and I love it so much. I feel like you really not popping until you do the Breakfast Club. I've been waiting to come to y'all show, man. I know really? you got to be a big time celebrity to be up in here. You got to be, you gotta be big time. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. Break the f*** up. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is Josh. Josh, get it off your chest. Hey, uh, first off, I just want to say, man, I listen to you guys every day. Love you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you, man. Uh, yep. Is Charlemagne in today? Yes, I am, sir. That's amazing. Y'all got to hey, ask if I'm in today. Damn. You kill me when I when I uh, listen to you guys and I don't hear that yo 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 at the beginning. All right, well this is for you, man, uh, for Charlemagne. You know I understand that um, a couple of days ago you said that you wanted your daughter to bring home the the same race that um, that you guys are, which is black. I understand that uh, completely, but uh, seven out of ten domestic violences that are reported on a female are from a black guy. How would you feel if you kept putting it on your daughter about dating a black guy, but then she was getting beat up all the time? First of all, I don't even know if this statistic is I real. I don't know about that statistic. And it's, coming, and it's coming from a white man, so I refuse to believe it. <laughs> it's real. It's real. Google it. You sound that's like a... Jeeves. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's like saying, you know, a majority of black people in America have probably been killed by white people historically, whether we go from slavery to Jim Crow segregation to now. So so, so I should never let my well, daughter date a white man? The white man has historically been behind every mass carnage and murder in America, so I should never let her, my daughter date a white man? Just saying she dates a Jacob or a Steven, man, she might be more comfortable. You never know. Man, get off my phone before I call you a cracker ass. Cracker, I don't know where he got that. Devil, I don't know where he got idiot. that statistic okay. from. Oh, okay. Get it off your chest. I didn't call him that either, by the way. I said before I called him before you call a cracker ass cracker. You. you know what I'm saying? I, I took a deep breath. We got you. You know, before I said anything to uh, whoever he is. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is Brandon. Hey, what's up, Brandon? Get it off your chest. All right, so I got two things. Quick question. Well, mainly for Charlemagne, but all for all three of you. Um, Charlamagne, I know you talk about how you're from Montecola, uh, North Carolina, or South Carolina, and all that. Yes, sir. Um, so, are you implementing any like mental programs for like the young kids so they don't do any of these crazy things? Because if people are interested in getting into the industry, like TV, film, radio, is there anything that you're introducing to those kids down down south where you're from? And say, hey, you can do this instead of doing something crazy or. Keep, keep the kids off the street. Yeah, you know, I've been doing that for a while because I got a, a nonprofit called Third Eye Awareness and like one of the first initiatives we did years, years, years ago was called the No Matrix Movement and it was to show kids that it was other career options other than rapping athletics but we do a mentorship program every year that my cousin Kente does and, you know, basically we just show guys other career options and I know that always sounds like hypocritical coming from me because I'm in the entertainment business, but I mean, I know a lot of doctors and lawyers and engineers and architects and politicians and tech guys, I mean, cold I mean, creators. Like all, and I'm not always talking about like on air stuff, like maybe behind the scenes stuff, like soundboard, camera, any type of stuff like that. Oh yeah, I always encourage kids to do that before they get into the, uh, before they become on air personalities. Like I think that, so you know, the, pro the programming side of things in radio is lacking. Like, you know, we need those next program directors and music directors. Yeah, very much so. Because I'm on set right now, and I'm like one of two black dudes on set. Like, I'm, I'm working for a TV show right now um, in California. And camera um, crew, camera people stay getting work all the time. All the time. One more thing. Uh, uh, yeah, I have one quick thing for you. Yeah. 
you had Melvin call in and he was saying all the things about um, him calling a girl and being upset with her about the conversation that he was having or not getting with her. Uh-huh. Correct? Mm-hmm. And you're promoting men doing better and talking to women, or women better and doing all these things to uh, better men, right? Mm-hmm. So why would you, do you think it's a little hypocritical to say that to men and then tell, allow women or condone women not being open and honest with men saying, okay, I'm not interested instead of ignoring them doing things like that. Yes, there are men who are crazy. Yes, there are men who are doing these wild things but the ones who are not it, doing that. Listen, if a woman is not responding, if a woman is not responding to you, my whole point, and it doesn't have to be mutually, I mean, it could be two different things, but if a woman's not responding to you, that doesn't give you the right to be nasty and rude to her. That's all no, I'm, I'm saying. I'm not saying, I'm not saying. I'm not saying be nasty at all. I'm saying the ones who are uh, upfront, honest, and saying the things that they need to say that are correct for two women, like Melvin at one at the beginning at least. Is it a little bit hypocritical to say, okay, it's okay for her to ignore him? I didn't say it's okay, but it is okay for her to ignore him. If she's not interested, she doesn't owe him anything. She doesn't even know him. I don't. I know she doesn't owe him anything. She wasn't. She wasn't nasty. She wasn't rude to him. She didn't lie to him about anything. Sometimes you just have to take the hint. If someone doesn't want to talk to you and doesn't have want to respond to you, they're not obligated to. Granted, you got it. So that's all, right, all like, listen, take the clue. I'm not interested. I just didn't respond. You know, it didn't work out. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up right now. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, Wilbert. Get it off your chest, Wilbert. Hey, you remember the other day you guys were talking about what would you do, uh, pull an Andy for? Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you don't remember <laughs> if you don't remember who Andy is, Andy is the guy that was willing to uh, give fellatio to get the water in at the fire festival. His name is Andy King. Andy yeah. King. Andy the yeah. BJ King. <laughs> I was thinking about this real hard, man. Hey, oh, hey it got to be hard for you to think about doing it. <laughs> I'll probably suck a for Travis Scott not to ever sing alive again, bro. My man's just super whack. So you hold on, wait. So you would you, you would give another man fellatio for Travis Scott not to sing live ever again? Hell yeah, bro, man. Yo, he I sucked think, live, bro. Yeah, I this think it's safe to say record, you man. suck all the time on the regular. <laughs> you don't. You don't. If that's your if that's your excuse for wanting to suck, bro, I think that you suck more than you letting on. You like it, we love it, bro. Enjoy. Andre! I don't think that was a good time to say if you like what's it, up? we love what's it. Up, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Andre, what's up, man? What's up, baby? Yeah, baby, you know what's going on, you know. You know what's good. Atlanta, you know. Huh? Nothing, man. Well, get it off your chest. Andre from Atlanta. If you, when you say when people say you know what's going on, Andre from Atlanta, I just assume you gay. Nah, hey, 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 hey. don't hey, do that, don't do that. You know what's going on? It's Atlanta. What you want nah, me to say? Nah, 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 not like that. We don't know what's going on like that. <laughs> but you know what's up? You know I'm about. I'm 18. You know about to start. Uh, about to apply to college today. College uh, Georgia State today. And uh, hey, 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 what's up, boo? What's up? You doing good? Now, you I like try, how your you whole voice changed. His voice just changed. Okay. Hey, Charlemagne, Charlemagne. I'm not like you, bro. That's you. Uh-uh. All right. What's me? That's me. Uh, that's, that's what the game, what the game is. Okay. All right. Well, you got, Okay, sis. <laughs> you have a great day, okay? It was a pleasure uh, talking to you this morning. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Have a good morning, Ow. sis. <laughs> Christy. What's up? God What's... damn, man. Uh-oh. What God got to do with this? Wow. Listen, y'all do not know how much I am in disbelief. Like, I try to call you my so much. Christy, you can't curse. You can't keep on cursing all morning. That's why we don't pick up for you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My daddy was a sailor. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, Christy. 
Now, your, well, yeah, hello. let it let it out. Well, um, I'm an artist from Dayton, Ohio. Um, I go by Christy Yamaguchi. And all I wanted was just, you know, an opinion. I want an opinion from goddamn... Sh- I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I want an opinion from Charlemagne. And I want an opinion from DJ Envy. I want y'all to check my music out. Get me out the basement SoundCloud rapper category. Man. All right, Come rap, on up and out. Rap right now then, go ahead. I'm glad I don't have to give an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Angela, girl. I love you too, girl. But go ahead, rap. Rap right now. Okay, but my music is a little vulgar. You don't. Go ahead, go ahead. We'll, we'll bleep out. you. We'll bleep you out the curses. Go ahead. Okay. Um, if you look at my purse, you're going to think that I purge. My is on sixes, pull up on the curb, hit a lick and we swerve. No, we get to them digits, the first to go get it. All I do is work. I don't put no man before the business. Some get married, some get richer. I've been leaning more towards getting richer. I'm just trying to turn my neck to December. I'm just trying to get prepared for the women. If it gets low for me, then it gets low for you. We can't eat no more sardines for dinner. We can't ride no more grand princess. I grabbed out my and told them, let's get it. Got a lot of real behind me. Leave it to me to put on for my city. Okay. Now, I'm going to be honest, you sound all right. I mean, yeah, you, know, you, you don't sound like nothing I've never heard before, though. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, that right there made me want to check out a song or two just to see what you're talking about. Yeah, I got to hear you on a beat now. That wasn't bad. You wasn't, you wasn't whack. You should, I'm, see, look, I'm nervous. And see, I'm so scared that Charlamagne going to say something mean to me. You got my voice shaky. You got my nerves up, you know, because... I was all, I practiced this in my head. I didn't plan on getting through. Well, that's good. I, I like, I, that's, that's how I want people to be when they're around me, to be honest with you. Well, and, thank um, you for calling us. <laughs> secondly, secondly uh, I'm going to check out, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check, what do you, what you got, SoundCloud? SoundCloud is Chrissy Yamaguchi, C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-Y-A-M-A-G-U. Why don't you tag us? We boycotting Gucci. You stupid. Tag us, right? Just tag us on social media, okay? I will. Thank y'all. Good luck. All right, Christy, I'm a Gucci. All right. Is I'm a Gucci the same as regular Gucci? I don't know. Get it off your chest. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes. Jay Williams. Good to be back. Good to be back. Welcome back. He's probably super high off life right now after watching Duke have that marvelous comeback. Oh, it was a good one. It was a good one. I like seeing other teams cry. It's, it's pretty funny. But. Let's talk about the show. The business yes. of sports. And I see all y'all businesses all the time. I know about you on real estate. Mm-hmm. I know about you and your juice bars. I see what you do, obviously. We share somebody together in Karen Kenny. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's really about how you evolve your own business. And now I think it's actually somewhat culturally relevant to be business savvy where that hasn't always been the case. That's a fact, man. That's That's not always been the case. We've been so busy being consumers for so long. That was just all this emphasis on ownership and entrepreneurship. I'll tell you, man, when I first came out of college, I got a chance to start reading a book that really changed my life. It was called Powernomics by Claude Anderson, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, great book. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. And uh, it's so incredible where it talks about Hey, you know, right after Jim Crow, when everybody felt like they were doing African-Americans such a service by desegregating socially, (laughs) but that was just one of the symptoms. That wasn't the cause Mm -hmm. of the issue, right? And how it should have been about the redistribution of wealth and power, because the reality is that that was always maintained by Caucasian people for a very long time. So it's not until right now that we have certain African-Americans that are in that rarefied air. And there's so many times where, you know, for me, going to a school like Duke and playing this game, I'm the only black person or only minority in the room. Mm-hmm. 
in the room, and I have to be comfortable with my own skin, but then when I go back to my home, I was being called an Uncle Tom or a sellout because I was trying to play in that world and trying to establish myself business-wise. And now I think it's cool to be smart. It's cool to be savvy. It's cool to understand how your business works in and out. And it's cool to not let people be culture vultures and extract from our culture. And it is important when we become successful that we do things in uh, the areas where we're from to help build up those areas also, like to own businesses instead of letting other people come in and own those businesses. It's scary, and watching what KD and Rich Kleiman have done is pretty is pretty special because you know they've made so many investments. They invested in Postmates, mm-hmm. which obviously just raised another 150 million and got you know evaluated over a couple billion dollars. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like this is not a show where we're trying to sit here and pound in our chest and tell you all the different strategies you need to you know, insert into your business. Like, this is a show where we're all learning together, right? right? So KD's in the room listening to a Steve Ballmer. Like, how many times do you get a chance to... And it's about access, too, though, Maine. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we listen to a story from Steve Ballmer. We're like, well, how'd you get started? He's like, well, I just happened to be next to Bill Gates at the right time. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, so it's, so now you're telling me, granted, you have to have a certain intellect to continue to, you know, leverage your brand and build it, but it's about access and it's about being around the right kind of people. You could have pulled up that Bill Gates to the hamburger stand, though. We saw Bill Gates That's waiting true. for a hamburger. Though. I mean, but look, I mean, that whole conversation <laughs> with Steve just turned into him owning the Clippers and how they're moving to Inglewood and how uh, and they're going into tax abatements and how they're building out retail around it. You're like, oh, this is, like, you're looking at this as a multi-billion dollar business. And how many minorities do we have as far as team ownerships, even from a woman's perspective? Mm-hmm. Like Clara Sai, who is a minority owner of the Brooklyn Nets, like is out here putting in work. And she's from China. Mm-hmm. And what she's doing with justice reform, what right. they're doing with the Nets, what they did with the Liberty and buying the Liberty. I mean, we need to talk about more of that so that becomes the norm. And we hear other young people of minority or different ethnic backgrounds that understand that they can achieve that same thing. It's, that's, that's the truth. The, you know, the, the one problem that we always have is is we always feel like, well, we give excuses too much. Oh, I don't have any money. I can't start. Oh, well, they got this, or I couldn't do that. And that's my problem with our people sometimes is, is sometimes we don't want to put in the work. We sabotage ourselves yeah, all the time. we tuck ourselves out of it. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can't do this. I don't have the resources. Like, my thing is, it's almost like my accident. I used to say, why all the time? And it became, why not me? Like, yeah, I can do it. I mean, Robert Johnson started BET with a $15,000 loan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go to friends and scrape up money if you have the right kind of strategy in place mm-hmm. and you surround it with the right people. But it's also about allowing our young people to have access to the right people. So, you know, and look, I'll own it. I think sometimes when you try to climb the ladder, you're so busy climbing, you're so busy trying to achieve that you forget to pass it forward. And now I think watching what LeBron's doing, watching what KD is doing, it's about, like, yeah, let's rise up together. Like, let's share this and let's help other people. All right, we have more with Jay Williams when we come back, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Jay Williams from ESPN in the building. Now, the first episode, you guys are talking about sneakers and the whole sneaker culture, mm-hmm. which was an interesting conversation because you think about, of course, nowadays with players, it's not just how great you are on the court. It's also more of a lifestyle thing, too. It is. And also even understanding the sneaker business, right? And I think it's something that culturally we're into sneakers. Like, just take it another level for all the kids out there. Understand, like, hey, Foot Locker just invested $150 million into GOAT, mm-hmm. right? It's a secondary you know, marketing mm-hmm. tool for sneakers, secondary market for sneakers, right? And it's close to a $2 billion industry. Mm-hmm. So if you have some pairs of dope kicks, like, put them on a Stock X, put them on a GOAT. Like, sell them. You can make three multiple off what you pay for because people love the culture of sports. I mean, look, I found this out about ESPN a couple years ago. 
like seven years ago, we used to play heavy metal music going to break off NBA games, right? Now we're playing hip hop going right. to breaks. Like hip hop has become like pop music to yeah, everybody it is, now. It is pop culture. Right? So if you have that culture, if you understand, you know, the strength of it, take advantage of it. And just it comes with just doing research and doing your due diligence. How did you and KD get a business relationship? I met Rich Kleiman, man, back in 2001 from a party I went to with Scooter Braun. Literally, we were just hanging out with Method Man, and next thing I know, I'm meeting Rich, and we mm-hmm. talk a little bit. And then Scott had connected us uh, maybe about a year ago, and we just started talking about what we do in our lives. And he was like, hey, I got this idea that I want to do with KD. We want to find a way to create a platform where we could bring all of our friends, you know, bring you guys on board, talk about what you're doing, and have conversations about how people got started. Like, create a forum where people are talking about their struggles and how they started their business, you know, where they see future markets in their, you know, potential industries, and and really just work together and collaborate. Yeah. And just create content. I mean, everybody's in this content wild, mm-hmm. wild west space anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can be informative with the content that we create, with people that are able to move the needle from a culture perspective. Right. That's still now, we see these guys like LeBron, we see KD. Are they anomalies or are athletes really getting smarter when it comes to business? I think athletes are really getting smarter coming to business. Obviously, yeah. you got those people that are in the rarefied air. But, I mean, look at the TV rights deals that are happening right now with sports. Right? It was a multi, it was in the double-digit billion dollars that you're getting these rights to sports. So you have athletes that are making more money than ever right now. You have guys that are marginal players. Right, guys who are scoring 11, 12 points who are mm-hmm. signing four years, $75 million deals. Wow. Envy really makes me want to come back for a 10-day contract. <laughs> yeah, this is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that the money is getting so high, man, that's getting to this point where it's like, all right, great. Like You just made $70 million off of four years. You know, After taxes, say that's $35 million. Now, how are you investing that money? What kind of things are you doing with that money so you can create that long, sustained wealth that we all want we all talk about doing, but then when you see our habits, our habits are conducive to doing that. Right? Yeah. Because we're spending money on on frivolous stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know what I realized with a lot of players, and not just NBA, NFL, they honestly don't know. And a lot of times Great. the people around them just try to, uh, I, I wouldn't even say fake. They don't know either, but they just try to invest in things that they don't know. And it runs up the money all the time. Mm. And that's what we're doing. We're helping a lot of players that necessarily don't know what they're doing and helping them invest in properties and invest in things that they'll make money for a long time down the road because a lot of them just don't know. I mean, let me tell you how this happens, though. So so I would see some of my other friends get drafted, and I will also know that there's such a business behind the business of what they get drafted. So the agents are paying money to different family members mm-hmm. or, you know, different accountants or right. social you know, advisors, whatever it may be, financial advisors, excuse me, are paying money, and everybody's trying to get to the kids. So, you know, as a kid, all of a sudden, now you're about to make all this money, and all these people come out of nowhere. You don't know who the hell to trust. So who do you trust? You trust some of your family members. Right. You're looking at no your family members, no clue. And by the way, their hands are in your pocket because if they bring you to the table for an agent or for a financial advisor, they're getting a percentage of your deals. Right. Right. So then all of a sudden you're, you're making those kind of decisions. That's the foundation of how you're looking at your business. Like we need people to start reaching out and be like, yo, it's not about I don't trust my family. You can still trust your family. But you don't know what you don't know. With me, I got so many artists and athletes that call me all the time, especially about real estate, and they want to learn. And the first thing I always tell them, if you want to learn, I want you to come with me. And the reason I say that is because mm-hmm. I want you to see it for yourself. But, a lot of people just invest and they don't know what they're investing but in. But a lot of people don't have that innate ability to want to work. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, if that is the case for you, then be smart enough to 
carefully invest your time in the people that you think love to work too. Right. And the more you can honestly say no to. You can't be afraid to fire people. If somebody ain't carrying their weight, like, yo, I love you, but this is business. I got to let you go. Yeah. I, mean, I think the most important thing that everybody in this room is doing is dispensing the information. Because a lot of times we say that our people don't want to work, but they really just don't have the information. They don't Great. even know where to work. You know what I mean? So, like, what you're doing with your show, whatever you're doing in real estate, we're giving them the information. And that's what it's about, man. It's, you know, this show for me is, is such a bigger thing. And when I go and when I talk to kids, and this is only from my personal experience, but, you know, growing up and growing up a predominantly African-American and Latin neighborhood and then going to school in a predominantly white school, like every time I would go to school wearing my kicks or wearing my pants down a little bit, I got called being ghetto. I got called being black. And then when I went back home and I started talking about things that happened politically or things that I learned in chemistry class, I was called an Uncle Tom. I was called being a sellout. So when I go on the streets and I work with some of these kids, like I want them to have informed conversations with me. I want this to be the new norm. I want you to be smart and not be called an Uncle Tom or a sellout. That's the only way that we're going to change it from a foundational perspective so we can start being that verified error and start having these conversations and start owning our own shit. Well, we appreciate you for joining us, man. Much love and respect, man. Uh, it already came out. It came out yeah. Monday. The first two are behind the paywall for ESPN on ESPN+. Plus. Everything's going direct to consumer now anyway, so right. $4.99 per month, which is great. And uh, How many episodes are there? There are six episodes in total, but the, the first two came out. We did another one with uh, with Brian and Matt, which would be pretty cool. That'll air you know, around when those two teams meet up, but uh, that'll be a fascinating one to watch. Now, question. You, you talked about sneakers. What's the most you, you spent on a pair of sneakers? Free 99 <laughs> <laughs> He got on Gucci sneakers right now. No. No, I'm kidding. No, no. I had to look down to make sure they weren't Gucci. See me, I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and got me in that one, though. $3.99, man. I just, I, I, I just barter deals. All right. Well, it's Jay Williams. Respect. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got some special guests in the building. The cast of Black Ink Crew, Chicago, Ryan Henry, and Don Brumfield. What's going on? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What's going First on? First and foremost, Don, congratulations to you for becoming a member of the faithful black male community. Round of applause, Don. <laughs> faithful black male community. It was a long that, time coming. Yes, you put that whole jersey in the rafters. Yeah. What made you want to evolve, sir? I mean, honestly, man, you, uh... You start growing, man. You just start realizing the headaches that you create for yourself. And then you start noticing the energy that people are, like, exuding from you, man. Like, honestly, early, like, I wasn't expecting to ever be on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't expecting to wake up and catch myself a little popular, you know, a little famous. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, honestly, that it was a quick little transition. You know what I'm saying? I had to just learn. I was kind of killing myself. I was mm-hmm. draining myself and giving myself some negative headaches and, when you look up, man, you got beautiful children and family, you just kind of realize, like, you know, you even draining them with, the, you know, ignorant movements and, and you know, being young and silly, man. So I love to see y'all walk through it, too, like, to work through everything, you know, because yeah. she did stay with you, and no, there were times you thought it wasn't going to work out, and she thought it wasn't going to work out. Yeah. But it's nice when she stays and she sees the work that you're putting in. Like, y'all, you didn't even go to Vegas and I think no. part of that was, of course, you have family obligations, yeah. your son's birthday, but the other part of it was you don't even want to put yourself in a situation. No, I don't even want to be in them shoes, you know, especially with these cameras. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, nah. You don't want to be Van. No, nah. <laughs> nah, that was, he was wilding. He was wilding. I was like, no, nah, I'm good on that, though. And, and just honestly, for me, honestly, ever since the little Snapchat situation, I've been chilling bro, since that stuff happened. How long has that year. been? It's been over a year. Okay, see, I've been, I've been uh, faithful for two years and four months. I cut off all my side chicks two years, four months ago. And your life really does get better. Peaceful. And what you said is real. Like, you don't want to 
ruin your family, man. Like, I saw my father ruin my family because of infidelity, so I didn't want to do that to my family. You know? Well, Ryan's single, so he's out. He's Ryan's out still here. Hoeing? You still hoeing, Ryan? Still in the streets? <laughs> no, man. I, didn't, I ain't single by choice. I got to dump. Um, now, <laughs> trying to, I was trying to get married. It ain't, it well, I, had, I had to take my brother on Valentine's dinner last night. You know what I'm saying? You don't think you could possibly? You don't think about the lonely men on Valentine's Day, do we? You don't think you could possibly work that out? Uh, I don't know. Probably. I'm not against it. Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't dating. No, like I said, I ain't hoeing. Right. You know, so I was on the path to get married. I just had some, you know, bumps in the road in my relationship. So what happened? You know, you know how it is when y'all just certain stuff y'all just can't forgive. Um, so, so you did some dirt and she can't get over it. Yeah, you know what? It was it was it's like with the level of being on television, like when it the woman is is embarrassed more. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. I put her in a position mm-hmm. to be more embarrassed than um than, than the, the average, average person. <laughs> you know what I mean, so I'm nationally uh, embarrassed. Yeah, I didn't even I ain't even <laughs> this girl. It's just that you know, for it to be like I said, when you allow for somebody else to be on the level of your woman, that means in the level of respect, then that's worse than anything else that you could do. You know, so I I prided myself on never letting no other chick ever come to the level of that. And then, like I say, on TV, jump out the boat and t- sell a story on your ass, you know? So it's like that level of embarrassment is just, it is kind of unforgivable. You got everybody in, she got everybody in her mentions. You know what I mean? It don't, and it Instagram, don't stop. So. Shade right. room, ball alert. You know, no. don't stop. So. I'm surprised y'all didn't step in and, and say something to Van because on this season. Oh, I did. It's a, um, <laughs> he, so just because I know you might not 100% know what happened, but Van has an a, apprentice that he ended up cheating on his girlfriend with his long-term girlfriend. Mm. And I'm feeling like y'all went through these things. So why not be like, dude, not the move? Uh, there's some deleted scenes on VH1 that uh, show me call him stupid about 100 times. And then I actually told her, like, man, get the away from him. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, this man got a girl. You know, And but, she was uh, ultimately disrespectful. She told yeah, his girlfriend that she slept with him the night of her dad's funeral. Yikes. That, that, she could have left that little detail. Yeah, yeah, that was just at that point, man. That's what I was talking about. Them people who not on TV. She wasn't leaving. Destroy you, right? They want that fame. They need that fifteen minutes. Yeah, and that's what we had to realize. Like people, you know, for the fifteen minutes, bro, they'll do whatever, go oh. to the limits, full extent. I don't want to breeze past the fact that Ryan is out here being his brother's keeper so much to the point that he told the other woman. Get away from my man. <laughs> Devil be gone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's right. what we got to do right. as men to, to protect ourselves yeah. and our peoples, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because yeah. it's like, I mean, like I said, I'm already at a loss. I'm not, we out there in Vegas. Like, now, I ain't out with my girl. Your girl out here. And she on the way to the damn party. And, you know what I'm saying? This bro, she, they was in a jacuzzi. She hopped in the jacuzzi with oh, him trying to, you know. That's crazy. She was throwing it on him and shit. And I'm just like, man, like, stay the fuck over there. Now, Nine Mag might be the only place where... You could fight at work and not get fired. Or the set of black ink crew. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I resent that only because, you know what I mean, like, um, you know how, like I said, I've known you for longer. You know how I feel about my business and, mm-hmm. you know, about my brand. And for what has become on a television show has just been some, you know what I mean, some garbage to, to be able to say that. You know what I mean? People walked in my shop from what they see on TV and be like, hey, man, where the drink's at? And it's like, this is a business. Right. You know what wow. I mean? And I'm there mm-hmm. conducting every day. So <clears throat> what's exuded on the show you know what I mean? It's not what's really going on for me, you know what I mean, in the uh, in the light. So that's why I opened a new shop, uh, which you'll be seeing coming soon. Um, it's a separation between, you know, what is what was done there before and what can go on now. And Don't you control the perceptions on TV, though? We can, yeah, we, I control what I can do, <laughs> right. but, you know what, what I mean, what everybody do? else is doing, yeah, what they gotcha. filming, you know what I mean? Like I said... 
people will do whatever to be on that camera. You know what I mean? When it's time to fight or when it's time to turn up or what she thinks she got to do to secure her spot for another season, you know what I mean? Which is it's literally like that. And they don't understand that like just because these cameras are recording for thousands of hours, you get 10 minutes Ten of that. Minutes. You're right. And the attention span of the people is even shorter, you know? So mm-hmm. what you just did to diminish yourself and my business in the same sense is worth more than what you're trying to show, you know? So... And they put it out there, and it's like, you know, when it's edited for television, you know, people, that's what cuts to commercials. That's mm-hmm. the stuff that make people tune back in, but, you know, it's tarnishing my brand. Gotcha. Because mm. never forget, Ryan is one of the best tattoo artists. When Thank I first you, met him, he was known for doing tattoos and in Chicago, and I was like, I don't have any tattoos. I was like, if I ever got a tattoo, I would let Ryan do it if I ever Thank got you, one because he's, like, always been known for that. And when you first got on, I was like... Don't act a fool. I did. I hit him <laughs> when I saw he was doing it in Chicago. I said, I hit him. I said, Ryan, please don't be acting crazy on TV. Yeah, and it's got to be weird, too, because a lot of confrontations and stuff probably happen only because the camera's rolling. Absolutely. Yeah. So you don't know what's real and what's not real. Exactly. You know? People be turning up. Oh, people get lost in it, oh, man. man. Like, it's, it's disgusting, man. That, now, is it good for business in the sense of... Like, you, more tattoo artists want to come apply just because yeah. they, they may want to be on TV? I don't know. Well, I mean, most definitely. It's uh, like tattooing, it's a it's a visual business. And then right now in the climate of social media, you know what I mean, it's probably the best way to be uh, promoted and, you know, network. So to be able to to have an, uh, an entertainment television show shows a little bit of the bullshit. But what I can get through that is, you know, some of the messages about how we really, some Southside dudes from Chicago who conduct business and we didn't stay in the streets and, you know what I mean, there's more that can be done. All right, we got more with the cast of Black Ink Crew Chicago. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have the cast of Black Ink Crew Chicago here, Ryan Henry and Don here. Yee. What I do love about Black in Chicago is y'all touch on some really real-life issues. Mm. So we see the issues that Four is going through, and he's talking about... And I actually cried when I was watching the episode. I felt so bad of him struggling with his depression and not wanting to be here and having these suicidal thoughts, and then he went missing. So how is he doing now, and how did he feel when he watched that episode? Uh, my brothers, well, most of us to the point we barely watch the show and stuff. Um, Damn. So, Y'all I mean, don't have no, no, no I'm saying, like, no, nah, it's like, no, nah, we do. Sometimes you don't want to relive certain moments. So, mm-hmm. certain moments be too hard for you to go back and watch. That was it, the so. first episode we actually watched together. We was at my shop and we was Man. watching it, uh, me and Don. You know what I mean? It was tough watching it because it showed it in the real light. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It showed somebody that we love being weak and um, but what they would, you know, some what people would think is weak. You know, even that time we talked to Four right afterward and he hadn't seen it. Yeah. But he thought at that point, you know what I mean, it was a vulnerable state for him where he was being viewed as weak. But the response of, of the world was that yeah. it was some strength for most people, you know what I mean, in mm-hmm. our community or even as black men. Some people will act like the depression is just the norm, you know what I mean, you should deal with it. Like, especially in Chicago, it's like the things that you deal with, it's like, man, you tough, you get over that. Right. You know what I mean, as opposed to being diagnosed or being um, addressed or even... Like I said, he allowed for so many lanes of um, people reaching out to be like, man, I'm dealing with it too. You know, by the millions to be able to say, oh, I finally could speak on it because I see you on television, but you're dealing with something real. Oh, I'm dealing with I've been dealing with that. And then, we yeah. in this era, though, where mental health is being spoken about in our communities, like, it's never been like never, this Yeah, ever. not never. People yeah. sending in videos like, hey, man, I was about to go today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was about to, like, literally saved a life that day. And if we can do one, you know what I mean, then that's what the purpose was for. And Dom, even with your family, yeah. you talk about the history in yeah. your own family. It, it's, it's just tough because, you know, after we had lost my little sister, uh, a couple of years ago, the suicide. Uh, Ryan, them know, like I just, I'm real. I'm, I'm always trying to be an advocate about mental health, uh, whether it's depression, whether it's you know 
People who suffer from anxiety, people who suffer from, like, you know... PTSD, PTSD all trauma from things that happened to you when you was young. Everything, man. You just I think people want to look at where a person at, and they never can really see the wounds underneath. And so, you know, me and Ryan have been those people that's like me. I'll stay up till 5 in the morning on the phone with 4. Or mm -hmm. Ryan and do the same thing, because I'd rather speak to you all night and you convince me all day to, for you to be here. I tell people all the time I'd give up all of this to hear my sister's voice again, be able to talk to her on the phone again. You know, that's more important, so... Uh, for my for my brother to uh, have the strength to be vulnerable, to let everybody know I, I'm dealing with this, it allowed for everybody to come together to support him, which is what he needed. And I'm just glad that my brother had the strength mm -hmm. to come forward with it because now it allows us to put in help and support in places that he needed. You know, he's fine with being open and saying he needs to go talk to somebody a little bit more often. And he's cool with calling us and saying, y'all, I'm lonely today, man. What y'all on? I want to chill. want to hang out. I want to come over and see my nieces and nephews. Like, I love that he's doing that now because it allows us to be that support system for him. Yeah, and that conversation going to change the generation because back in the day, you call somebody and say something like that, man, you act like a little bitch. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, and that's Real. whack. That's you know what I mean? Brothers need, brothers need people to talk to, too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. we, we need to open up and be vulnerable with each other, tell each other what we're going through on a daily basis. You know? That's what right. about you guys? Does that make you reflect on? Because, Ryan, you've been through a lot yourself. You know, uh, Don, you've been through a lot. Does that make you guys reflect and say, well, maybe I need to even seek some help or somebody that I could talk to professionally just because there is a lot of things I'm sure that you haven't completely dealt with. Absolutely. You know, uh, like I said, I mean, a lot of the things that uh, I spoke to Four on when, uh, during the episode and even during, uh, you know, in real life is just the fact that like, hey man, I know what it feels like to be in that position. I shared a story with him, you know, about a situation I had been in that, you know, that I recognize now uh, was the position that he was in. You know, you can have all these people around you and, you know, even me and his brother, we felt like, hey man, I've been here with you, but even having that support of somebody right next to you, you can still feel alone at whatever point. And I had felt that before. I know what it was like to feel that way all the way down, you know, when you're at rock bottom. And I think I was, well, I was in my shop, you know what I mean, feeling that same way. And they was outside kicking it, you know what I mean? But it's like, hey, I ain't had nobody to talk to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I understood that when... I've been there with him every step of the way, and he's still able to feel that way. You know, it's funny with mental health, too. Like, it got to be triple for y'all because, you know, not only you got social media that's mm -hmm. affecting everybody's mental health, y'all on reality television. Yeah. So y'all opening up the opinions of other people every time every an episode time. is. How do y'all how do y'all keep y'all mental health intact like, with that? I, I told him, like, at one point, like, he seemed like I had to get back into the gym heavy just for meditation for myself. And then I even go to a wellness coach. And to be honest with you, I know that y'all watch the show, but we don't have to take breaks. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it does get tough. The media, your family going through. My wife, she was gone for six months with my baby. And that was the realest time of my life. I just took a break from the show. Like, it was hard. And Ryan had to do the same thing at one point. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, you, you got to have that outlet. I, uh, yeah. I literally wasn't on the show for, you know, a while last year. You know what I mean? And, you know, I just, if I didn't reset, I'd have been done. You know what I mean? That, that new level of... Uh, of being attacked is something mm -hmm. crazy. Right. You know what I mean, like yeah. people, people will think that you know just because yeah. you're at a certain level you can't be this. That's you know why it hurts so, even more when it's your own people. Absolutely. that was actually yeah. coming at you too because they did the whole F. Oh yeah, man. Ryan you know? Henry campaign. I wasn't there. Yeah, they did an F Ryan Henry campaign. <laughs> when I uh, I left my shop and um, you know what I mean the uh, the people that was still there they took it over and you know it was just a whole you know Ryan Henry this that and the other and it's just like even like I said now you'll see. Moving forward, as uh, things have changed, uh, like I said, I ain't forget. But you know, jealousy—that's all that is. Yeah, I mean, it, it come from that. It come from you know, what I'm saying, being with people who you've worked with that are hurt. You know, what I mean, they was hurt, I was hurt. You know, what I mean, so I just I knew at that point I had to uh, 
I had to retract because while they were saying me, I couldn't say them back. You know what I mean? Because when it was time to move forward, you know what I mean? I didn't want to have nothing to apologize for, but they were just going off the deep end. So, you know, you got to take that in stride. Now, is Charmaine going to still be a celebrity concierge for you guys? I don't, see, you? I don't see one person she is brought in yet. That's a celebrity concierge. You know I mean? that, she planned a trip to Vegas. And it look how it went. Oh, no. <laughs> I That's a no. No, right. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think having a, you know, a fight at a convention and, you know what I mean, a, 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 mental situ- a mental awareness situation on your hands is, you know, a plus for you in that job, so... What about the word bitch? Because on the last episode, this fight broke out because of the side bitch <laughs> comment that was made. Is calling another guy or using the word bitch to another guy, is that grounds to start a fight? Is that the yeah, ultimate I mean, disrespect? If, you, if I call you a bitch, I'm trying to do something to right. you. Like, there's people who do that. I don't play with the word like that. I don't play with it with my friends. You know what I mean? Like, my daddy can't call me no bitch. Like, I don't, I don't play with that word. Right. It's not even to be played. Why would I disrespect you in that sense? I could have thought of something else. Right. You know, so. That's how I feel about sucking my d- yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's definitely, just, it's definitely uh, tough like yeah, that. So, just, and people play like that. It's just like, I don't play like that. So, you know what I mean? When uh, people saw uh, my homie Junior call him a bitch, he know why he said that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And if he ran up on Junior after that, like, Junior had to be prepared for that which he was. Mm-hmm. Man, I, my boy, he, he knew why he, well, you know, I, <laughs> I knew why he said it. Why'd he say I, it? I mean, at that point, it was a rough, it's, yeah, you know he was, saying, it was a lot going on that, he like, you know, they have to chop. Some things we didn't see. He like, was okay. digging, yeah, a lot, that, like, in that second while he was there. And I get it, first time on TV in a room full of guys, he won't want to seem like he a punk. Yeah, he was acting but, very, like, it was being it, But too, I think, like, like I, I tell people all the time, like, man, uh, real to recognize real. You walk into a room, be yourself. Right you know up. what I'm saying? Be mature. Mugs gonna, people going to gravitate to you. They can tell if you, we tell if you're goofy or not. Just be yourself. And I'm telling you, man, social media is making everybody socially awkward because they're so used to talking to people like that on mm-hmm. social media yeah, and they look. don't know how to interact with yeah. people in person. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, yeah, you're really sending out a tweet. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like you in a room with somebody, ass Whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> you ain't on your computer right now, bro. bro. Man, we face to face, bro. Like, man, we, you know, what's, uh, you know, every action got a reaction, man. Yeah. That's what that was. All right, we got more with the cast of Black Ink Crew Chicago. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We have the cast of Black Ink Crew Chicago here, Ryan Henry and Don here. Yee. Now, Ryan, people were excited that you had your shirt off <laughs> <laughs> to fight like, on this last episode. Bossip did a whole article about it. Yeah, yeah, I seen it yesterday. <laughs> I posted about it. I appreciate it. Now, I was, so that's what I was telling them. I'm like, um, so just being in my position, like I said, you know, with um, me how I am, I'm a provider and I'm a protector, you know, especially when it comes to, to women. Uh, there were women in the shop. And regardless of what they went over there to say to him, his mouth was already bleeding and he spit blood in her face. Right. Mm-hmm. So Oof. when he did that, like, man, you know, my sister been killed by a bitch-ass nigga. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? At that point of a woman being in harm, I was just at red. You know what I mean? So for some reason, I thought, all right, it's blood. Let me not get it on my white sweater as if my skin was better to get it on. So, you know, I That's I, why you I took your shirt off when you get blood on your sweater. So he's like, ain't getting this blood Because you look, like, after you, after you fight, after you fight, and then it's blood all on your you look crazy. You know what I mean? Especially if you got a white tee on, so... Yeah, that's what, the, I don't know why. I was just like, let me take this shit off and then. I just, we, had watch, been in, we had been in the gym like crazy for those those couple months, so. You didn't watch any you. episode of us, like anything we do, like women getting touched, their space is what we don't play. Right. Yeah. Point blank period. We so. were getting some backlash well, from people like, oh man, y'all jumped him, y'all this. It's like, so, when he first ran so. up on Junior, 
That was a one on one. That's what you know we mean? were sitting there laughing. When we you spit left, this blood in these women's face, everybody in here can fuck you up. That's you right. You know what I mean? All systems and go when the women are involved. That's you right. You know what I mean? If I'm messing with you and I put my hands on you, if your father, your brother, and your uncle come to fuck me up, they not wrong. Right. That's right. You know what I mean? You gotta so take that out. I'll do it all over again. I swear to God. Disrespect another I told him, I talked to him, and I told him, like, hey, man. I didn't want that harm to come to you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sorry that it had to happen to you, but you knew you was in the wrong. Right. Is he understanding? Was he like... Yeah, he was understanding of it. He knew what it was. Do you feel like the crew is stronger now? I think... Yeah, you know what? Um, <laughs> for the basis of the people <laughs> yeah. who uh, originally started, we are. You know what I mean? But, uh, I mean, it's other entities that's included into that. You know what I mean? Mm. People have come into the show. Uh, they've been staying, and, um, you know, they cause riffraff, you know? So, uh, as a whole unit for the cast... Um, it's not as strong. Egos are involved now. You know what I mean? People are five seasons in on the number one successful show. They feel away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So some people can't be talked to. Some people can't be told nothing. Some people feel like, man, you know, that superstar is crazy. At that point, it's like, all right, let me just stick back with my originals. You know what I mean? And then we'll see what else happened with everybody else, if you can last. But, I mean, one thing is this, like, if you've seen even in that, uh, that episode, one thing is this, like, man, we're going to ride for each other. Regardless, whatever right. the situation, we're going to have always have each other back. We're coming together and learning the process. And I think, you know, I'm proud of my brother Ryan for doing his research on what we need to do to be fully successful while having this experience. And then after the right. whole point is learning the longevity of utilizing this platform so that we all are able to look back on it and say, at least we didn't go through all that bullshit. And nothing came out of it at the end. Right. You know? and I mean, you just opened up another shop, so you... Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, just opened a new shop, actually, on the uh, 5th of January, uh, you know, so, and it's separate from the show, you know what I mean, like, it's all in my hands, you know what I mean, we got more shops coming, you know, uh, me and Don are working on some other things, you know what I mean, just going into so many different lanes of uh, investment, I, I like taking my kids to school in the morning, going to work for a little bit, and then being with them once I pick them up for the rest of the day. Damn, that's right. You know, that's so, the life. Greatest <laughs> villain. You know? Greatest villain. Well, salute to you, Ryan and Don, man. I love Thank what y'all stand for, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Don, no more uh, naked videos or nothing? Nah, man. I'm, I'm cooling, man. I don't even, <laughs> I'm good. Like, I, I, I swear, like, it just take a moment, man. It's just like it hits you like a light bulb, but sometimes it takes the worst things in life to happen for you to realize, like, you just got to change, or you just going to be in, a, like, a downward spiral. I'm just to that place where I have to protect my family. That's right. the first thing I am, a, a husband, father, a son, you know, a brother. To be, in order to protect my people, I got to be on point yeah, at right. all times. That's dope. That's a nice and learning experience. And don't relapse, man. Stay as part of the faithful black male mm-hmm. community. I'm, hey. I, I enjoy I enjoy arguing about who picking up the kids today, bro. Or who got braces. Who got, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, who cooking at night. That's cool. You know, I'm cool with them arguments, man. All the other stuff for the birds. And I know you feel responsible for your dad now, too, and it's nice for oh, him man. to be in that loving environment with the family. Man, uh, it, it's real because, like, uh, my dad has always been, like, a strong man to me. Like, I was that kid who literally saw his dad as Superman. I love my dad, man. And um, for him to be going through what he's going through, through the losses we took, he lost his mother. Uh, first, he lost my uncle, my uncle Daryl, and then my grandmother passed through grieving over losing a son. So for my dad to lose some of the most important people in his life, like back to back, it was it's just like he never just kind of bounced back from it, and he felt almost responsible. And sometimes that's how people are. We feel responsible for our people, and it take a long time for us to heal from it. And that's just what my dad, he had a healing point, and I just want to see him be great and be around for his grandkids teach them the things he's taught me and, and be a part, you know, just be around. He loved these guys. Mm-hmm. He loved me. My daddy is, they tell you, my daddy is like a life of a part of me. He'll come in, kick it, crack jokes. He's a great person. 
And it's just tough. Like, I'm just glad my dad is able to admit to me, too, like, man, son, I'm I'm going through it, and I need you. So I'm fine being there for him. I'm fine being there for anybody at this point in my life. So season six on the way? Immediately. Immediately. <laughs> we, uh, we'll be done with five in about, you know, a few weeks. So like when does it come on to? Uh, Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Wednesdays. I know you're too busy, man. I be trying, man. You got to binge. You could binge watch on demand. I can't do it. So I, yeah, when you I'm said season saying. five, I'm like, yo, they on. It about to be on season six. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Like, God damn. Flies, Brian man. got head now. Brains <laughs> <laughs> up. Yeah. Yeah, but Wednesday's VH1. What time? Uh, 9 8 Central. Yeah. 9 8 Central. Right, and this season has been amazing. So I just want to say congratulations to y'all. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank Appreciate you. that. Or it's Black Ink Crew, Chicago, Ryan Henry, and Don Broomfield. Thank you for coming, bro. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, bro. We gonna start this thing over. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. If you want to slander The Breakfast Club, call us right now. Hello, who's this? This is Miss Friday. Angela, we love y'all. Envy, I love you too. But Envy, yes. I've got to let you know from your social media, we all see how you've been getting money. And we respect the hustle. But the Christmas <laughs> pictures... They were a little taunting in reference to other people that are not out here getting it like you. I would have rather you showed us ways and different things other than flipping the houses on how to give back and take care of our families for the communities. Also, Envy, you seem to be a little biased. Like, you're riding this Cardi B train, but you don't show Nikki no love. I love What's Nikki. I love Cardi B too, what? but I do. If you follow my Instagram, you see that I talk about my toys for my, my toy drive. I talk about the Thanksgiving drive that I do in the, in the mentoring. And I also try to help people to learn how to make money, not just put money in their face. I, I do the real estate. I do a whole bunch of things. So if you would follow me and stop looking at that, maybe you see other things it's as well. Oh, I'm waiting for that beige turn. I'm, 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 I'm waiting for that beige turn. She says she loves you. She says she loves you. But I knew the beige was going to come out. I know. I'm trying to teach you if you just listen and just watch. I'm trying to teach you. I was waiting for the beige rage to make an appearance. It's not. It's not. That's funny to you? It's hilarious. Daytria. Daytria is in the building representing Virginia. Good morning. Good morning. morning. You want to slander ye? You know, every time I hear yeast, I think ye, I think of yeast. I hate the name. I can deal with Angela. She, she didn't make that name. Angela Yeast. I don't know. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't make that name, mama. And by the way, you eat yeast every day. She has a yeast infection, Yee. Be sensitive to her. Okay? Clearly, she no, has a yeast no, infection. Her name, her name sounds itchy, and I just hate it. That's All right. That yeast infection I'll, name, you I'll got, change my mama. name to Angela Monistat. That le- that, 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 that <laughs> Angela Monistat. That left wall of hers is itching so crazy right now. So you got to be you're sensitive to our That's callers. inappropriate. Andrew. <laughs> hey, good morning. Who you want to slander, sir? DJ Envy, I got to slander you real quick. I got a problem with, like, how insecure you are. Uh, so, like, when Angela Yee... Awesome, Issa Rae. When Angela, when Angela Yee goes on vacation, right, you do the you, you do the, uh, the rumor report. When Charlemagne goes on vacation, you let the community do Donkey of the Day. But when you go on vacation, you still try to do that DJ Envy... You should let me do uh, a Yee mix. People's Choice. Why don't you let somebody else do this? Yeah, I've done the Yee Mix a couple of times. Huh? Issa Beige. He actually did it. He did it, the Yee Mix. Andrew. Yeah. You're right. I'm insecure. I'm not going to let nobody come here and do my mix. Issa Beige. Matter of fact, I don't even want to give somebody that that thought. I don't even want anybody to think about that. Roberto. (laughs) What's up, DJ? What's going on? Roberto. What's happening? What's happening, Angie? I want to slander you today, DJ. We got to talk. K. K. (laughs) 
Listen, you say you deleted everything R. Kelly from your computer? See, Poppy. So you deleted Step in the Name of Love. Yes, yeah, see. I believe I can fly. See. Everything R. Kelly. Because the songs are negative. See, I cannot support him anymore. He's a pedophile. Please don't do that fake accent or I'm going to have to slander you. Did you delete Maxwell Fortunate? No. R. Kelly wrote and produced that. Did you delete Life by KC and and JoJo? R. Kelly produced and wrote that too. You're not listening, Sammy Sosa. You're not listening. If you're going to delete R. Kelly, you have to delete the whole laptop, my friend. Because what have you played lately that's positive? What song in your laptop right now that you play that is positive? Ooh. Kendrick Lamar. Ooh, we got you Kendrick now. Lamar. <laughs> what song right now? You think got I you now. I, I know a song. I can I can name a song he played that was positive. What song? Smile, bitch. Ahead, smile, smile, bitch. You need life. to smile. You're too angry. Hey, going well, back I'm and forth with you. I'm living my best life. <laughs> hey, going back and Why forth Why you not let people slander us? Hey. He did. Make sure you tell them to watch out for Florida, man. Florida, man. Florida. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Yes, you are a donkey. A Florida man attacked an ATM for a very strange reason. It gave him too much money. Florida man is arrested after deputies say he rigged the door to his home in an attempt to electrocute his pregnant wife. Police arrested an Orlando man for attacking a flamingo. It's the breakfast club, bitchy. Donkey of the day. When Charlemagne the God, I don't know why y'all keep letting him get y'all like this. <sighs> well, Duval, they keep letting me get him like this because they keep doing things like this. All right, donkey of the day goes to a substitute teacher at a school in Sarasota, Florida, named Heather Carpenter. Now it's 2019, and nothing has changed when it comes to the Sunshine State. If you're new to The Breakfast Club, my name is Charlemagne the God, a.k.a. Uncle Charla. And what does your Uncle Charla always tell you? The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. And this donkey of the day is just the first reminder of 2019 that Florida going Florida. Now, Heather Carpenter, like I told you, is a substitute teacher, and for whatever reason, she had a dispute with the school's principal. Heather was allegedly upset that the school's principal was set to have a birthday party at a particular venue. The venue in question was the Pavilion in Erfer Park. Now, I don't know what Heather has against the principal or the principal's daughter, but Heather, a substitute teacher, decided to be a party pooper, literally. Let's go to Fox 13 for the report, please. All eight of these picnic tables here at Erfer Family Park had to be replaced after a woman spread human waste and fecal matter all over the wood as a form of payback. A mixture of urine and feces, and she had it in a big cup. The nasty vandalism cost the county more than $2,300 for cleanup, replacing tables and grills, and reimbursing and rescheduling a birthday party set for the pavilion later that morning. It only took the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office a few days to track down and arrest Heather Carpenter. The 42-year-old is charged with felony criminal mischief. Turns out Carpenter is a substitute teacher at Philippi Shores Elementary School. According to arrest paperwork, Carpenter wasn't happy with how the principal handled a professional complaint she made at the end of November. The Sarasota woman admitted to investigators she smeared the feces with the goal of spoiling the birthday party planned at the park that day. The celebration was for the principal's daughter. Officials say Carpenter is no longer a substitute and can't volunteer at any district schools while this investigation is active. You think? Uh, Heather was with the, 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 uh, the sugar honey iced teas. Okay, now I have a homeboy who shall remain nameless who used to have a real problem beating people up. So he went to anger management as part of his probation for beating people up. So whenever he wanted to beat people up, instead he would resort to fighting with feces. 
What I mean by that is... Oh, my gosh, Wax is crazy. I didn't say him. Uh What I mean by that is if he had a beef with someone, he would cut your car seat open and put dingleberries in the cushions, or he might go in your house and put a couple chocolate delights in your sneakers. That's disgusting. It is. I remember he had an issue with his next-door neighbor, and the next-door neighbor's roommate, you know, let him in the house. So my guy put butt truffles in the neighbor's couch cushions. What's a butt truffle? Turd. Ne- oh. Never understood why the roommate was down with that because he had to live there too. All right. The moral of the story is it's just some real live turd terrorists out here, and Heather Carpenter is clearly one of them. My thing is Heather, you got beef with the principal. Why resort to attacking the kids? Because that's essentially what you were doing by spreading butt mud all over the picnic tables and grills at this park. None of the adults were going to be affected by these rusty nuggets. I mean, sure, you put some rectum warriors on the grill, so that means everybody's burger would end up getting fudge babies on them. But why do that to the kids, okay? What is something else that your Uncle Charlotte always tells you? Never go to war with someone who gives a F less than you. And clearly, Heather Carpenter don't give a F. Anyone can get it. Men, women, and children. If she got beef with you, then all of y'all getting butt beans. All right? Everybody at this party <laughs> gonna get all the fanny fudge you can eat. Chocolate bananas for everybody simply because I got beef with one person. I'm telling you, don't go to war with somebody who gives a F less than you, especially a rectum warrior. Now, Heather has been charged with third-degree felony mischief and property damage, and there is no way she can be in population with other prisoners. Because what if this turret terrorist decides to let a bunch of frightened turtles loose in a prison? Do you really want a corn massacre in one of these correctional facilities? Think about it, Florida. Please give Heather Carpenter the biggest hee-haw. Question. What? I don't want to hear your question. Now, I got a question. So, for her to carry in your guys, your friends, uh, you know, turd terrorist. So he does he does he poop on the floor and then pick it up? Never asked if it was human feces. It could have been dog feces. I don't know what kind of feces it was that okay. he was using. I'm just curious. Like, do you just poop? It's like, it? I don't know what kind of feces Heather was using. Okay. You know what I'm saying? We just assumed it was I'm her. I'm just assuming it's hers. Now, just, do you pick it up or do you go in the toilet? And like, I'm, I'm just, just saying, if you yeah. got to go to a prison, you know what I'm saying, and that's your weapon of choice... You always got some on deck. Always got some on deck. You're right. right. I'm pretty regular. All right. Matter of fact, 8.30 this morning, if anybody, any turret terrorists need something, holler at me. I got it for the low. My goodness. Is okay. it going to be mushy or hard? Um, let me see what I had. Well, last night I had fish for dinner. This morning I had my regular protein and You should shake. always look at your Probably poo to soft. figure out how well you're doing as far as your diet. I never look at my poo. You should. I, no, that's disgusting. You got to make sure it looks normal. No, I'm fine. The color All right. of it, the texture. All right, guys. The Breakfast Club. You're checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building, Michael Eric Dyson. The good brother, Michael Eric Dyson. Man, man, it's good to be up here with y'all. I see you got a nice uh, little book in your hand. You you just handed it to me, and now I'm so intrigued. I, I want to start reading this I now. know, man. This thing is off the hook. Veronica Chambers is an extraordinary woman. She did that book, that edited book, uh, collection of essays on Michelle Obama that did so well last year. And then this new book. Look, it's hot off the press. It ain't even out yet. It come out next month called Queen Bee, A Celebration of the Power and Creativity of Beyonce Knowles Carter. Beyonce. And I got an essay in there. All right, called The King of Pop and the Queen of Everything. Mm. And my argument is that Beyonce snatched the crown from Michael Jackson. I saw him at his height. I don't know if y'all went to his concerts and saw him at his height, but I did. And and he was extraordinary. He was a genius. But what she's doing is on another level. I'm on record as saying I think that she's a better performer than Michael Jackson. But, you know, I didn't see Michael in concert, but I just compare, like, 
you know, the Super, like Michael at the Super Bowl, the Beyonce at the Super Bowl, Motown 25, the right. Baychella. Like, I just compare those type of things, and I'm right. like, I, I just think she's better on stage. She she absolutely is. I did see them at their height. Mm-hmm. Since you said that she took the crown from Michael Jackson, what mm-hmm. do you think about all this Finding Neverland controversy with this documentary that HBO is going to show about Michael Jackson? Yeah, you know, it's tough, isn't it? Michael was a great icon, an extraordinary genius. 1958, Madonna, Prince, Michael Jackson. I mean, happens to be my year, too, but I ain't putting myself in their league. Just extraordinary creativity was born in that year. And yet, we know that Michael had tremendous traumas. Did he have vitiligo? Certainly, in terms of his skin and melanin, but he also had self-hatred because his father deposited that in his subconscious He didn't think he was very handsome, or he told him he was ugly, and he chided him. And then Michael began to have spooky European ideals transplanted onto his face. Was he involved with children? That's what the documentary says. Those two guys, when they were younger, said it wasn't true. But we know what happens when you're younger and you're seduced, and the hypnotic sway of fame and celebrity may preclude you from telling the truth, or your parents got bought out, and then they sold you out. All of that is true, but... Think about it. Hanging out with kids like that at that age, it ain't it ain't it ain't something that we would recommend. It's not something that we would do for our own kids. It's not normal. It, 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 it ain't. And if it is normal, it's pathological. So the thing is, we have to be open and honest. It's hard to reckon with the flaws of our great heroes. And all of us as human beings are flawed, but we gotta go where the evidence, you know, tracks us. But that's important, where the evidence tracks us. Because we're living in a Me Too generation that is extremely important in terms of reckoning with the flaws, especially of toxic masculinity, Mm -hmm. of poisonous patriarchy, and how men have had free, uh, if you will, free ways to do everything that we do that are often messed up and jacked up. At the same time, you can't just have an allegation and then your career is done. You can't just disappear after somebody said something. You know, the the mantras out now believe women. And I understand what that means. That means that women have historically been not acknowledged, have been denied, have been delegitimated in a culture that refuses to acknowledge their humanity or that the words they say are true or to take at face value what they mean. I get that. At the same time, you know, it doesn't mean that people haven't been in complicated situations where nuance is called for. Believe people who tell the truth. Because whether man or woman... And we know that's very complicated. Believe black people, yeah? Believe black people who tell the truth. And and when, when we have the state of evidence here now that you can merely make an allegation and somebody disappear, I think that's problematic. I don't think that's the best ideals of feminism. I think feminism at its height, and I know a lot of people think that's controversial. I don't think so at all. Feminism is about the recognition of women. It's about putting forth the principle of emancipation for all human beings who happen to be women, and it's dealing with gender as the predicate for our social uh, examination of issues that continue to be shunted to the periphery or denied legitimacy in our own lives and socially speaking. But at the same time, you can't use Me Too as an adjudication of competing claims about good dates or bad dates. It can't resolve uh, horrible sex. It can't resolve the fact that it's complicated. I am 60 years old. I have never in my life asked a woman to have sex. Now, I know affirmative consent has developed because now we're living in an era where people have to say something explicitly. Mm -hmm. But there are other manifestations of consent rather than verbal. 
But I think we, we have gotten off the rails here by not grappling with the nuanced, complicated ways in which sex and eroticism and romance get involved. Mm. So we've got to figure out a way to acknowledge the, the context of sex. If you want to be nuanced about anything in this country, it's got to be sex. But let's not pretend we ain't in the age we are now and that a different age prevailed not long ago. Do we have amnesty? Do we say, hey, rules used to be this way, not it unchanged up. Now we're retroactively going back and holding people accountable for, not, now don't get me wrong here, not for explicit sins, not for problems, not for legally challengeable activities and behaviors that should be held to the highest account. But when we're talking about nuance and interpretation, do you like it, do you not like it? No means no, period. Mm -hmm. And yet, in the interaction between men and women, many people who turn people down 25 times are now married with three kids. Right? That's the kind of reality of sex that we're not seeing taken uh, in a serious fashion in a nuanced way in the broader public discourse about that. I know we got off of that on the Michael Jackson thing, but the, the, the Michael Jackson thing to me is about nuance and complication and being willing to face up to the flaws of our iconic figures and at the same time see their humanity and then figure out what to do from there. No, you said a lot. There's three things I want to say. Uh, right. Number one, I, I, I agree. I, I think you should listen to everybody. Right. Listen to all women but believe all proof. Right. Um, uh, two, I, I think the Michael Jackson thing is unethical mm. only because those guys did get on the stand and say, hey, Nothing happened. And they right. said that all through their adulthood. Even the guy's mom said he right. never even said nothing happened right. to Michael. And uh, third, yes, we're not acknowledging that culture has changed. We grew Thank up in you. a totally... The 80s and 90s was totally different than now with language, right. with action, everything. Right. So I'm saying that you can't both assert the necessity of the agency of human beings, especially women as agents of their own sexual desire and then deny that agency when it comes time to talk about culpability and responsibility and mutuality. So it is important that we encourage women Absolutely. when there's bad behavior to be able to feel uh, that they have power to speak about it and that, that they will be supported. Because I still right. see when women say things, people don't believe them. They think that they're just trying to, you know, get some clout off of right. saying something. Right. So it is a different time for women who, and think of all the women who still won't come forward. That's right. still are too scared to do that. I think those numbers are far greater than somebody that will say something like, oh, I dated him and I had buyer's remorse the next day. But, uh, what I'm trying to say, I agree with everything you just said. I'm not denying the legitimacy of women having the voice now to come forward. The, the reality is, is that we are not, we cannot resolve the infinite complexity of human relationality and the intimate relations of sex with a resort to a kind of all or nothing approach. And I think that's part of the problem. All right, we got more with Michael Eric Dyson. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yep, we're back. It's The Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We have Michael Eric Dyson in the building. What do you think about this era's uh, cancel culture mentality? I, I love young people. I ride with them. I write books about hip-hop. But canceling, that's some white supremacist notion to me. First of all, you can't cancel nobody. You ain't got no subscription to a magazine <laughs> or a credit card. You ain't canceling nothing. And if you want to cancel something, cancel Donald Trump. How idiotic is that? Because you can't cancel Trump. He's there politically. He's an existential and empirical fact that you can't dismiss because I'm done with you. Read the hand. Digital culture cannot deal with analog realities, it seems to me. And an analog reality here is 
there are persistent social facts and features of our of our existence that have to be Ooh. dealt with. Oh, say that again. Digital culture can't handle analog facts sometimes. Ooh. I mean, and that's what the deal is, right? Because here we are, we're canceling. There was some analog canceling going on too. I mentioned Malcolm X, who was murdered by people who were intolerant of his viewpoint. Canceled him. Now, now, young people will tell me that's a metaphor, but the metaphor to me is wrought. It's 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 not only is it flawed. I think it's 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 especially flawed because it borrows from the very logic we want to oppose. Right? White supremacy wants to cancel people out, hang you, lynch you, castrate you, remove you, cancel. No, argue, put them in a in a in a in a moral box and say this is problematic. Let's resist them. But the, but the impulse to cancel to me is borrowed from the very people we want to resist. This cancel culture, you're canceled, you're done. I'm, I'm just tired of the, the intolerance that young people show, especially young black people, and trying to cancel each other. And then somebody going to cancel your black ass. Yes. <laughs> you trying to cancel somebody, then you're going to be the cancel lead. The, and then what's going to happen then? The great Amanda Seal said, uh, cancel culture is real, but redemption culture should be real as well. Well, it is real as well, but the cancel culture to me... You shouldn't I, even I, get look, canceled, is what he's saying. I'm just saying even... the cancel... But you, first of all, you can't cancel nobody. What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Like... You can't cancel Nothing. nobody, right? You can't even cancel your bills. You can't even cancel the people mm-hmm. living with you. What, what you should be saying is, I will put you in a p- particular situation where I hold you accountable. I want to resist you. I think you're problematic. You can't even cancel uh, uh, Donald Trump because I think the logic of canceling is derived from a white supremacist culture that believes that human beings are subject to our arbitrary will and caprice. And I think it's more deep than that. It's deeper than that. I think that's what makes people evolve, too, when you... When you, when you hold them accountable and you say, look, I'm going to hold you accountable. I want you to think about the things that you've done. Right. Think about the things that you said. Right. If that person really cares, I think that's what growth happens. Okay, of course, because otherwise, look, 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 I'll tell you what cancel culture is. Young kids, second, third grade, getting kicked out. White folk canceling them every day. Mm. Right? Canceling them, throwing them out of school. Wait a minute. Johnny messed up. Little Shaquille messed up. Shanique was messed up. But... Can they get some redemption? Little little Johnny is little Sally is getting redemption. They ain't getting canceled. They're getting sent to not even probably to delinquents, you know, to to delinquency or or putting in a situation in a classroom where they are held separate from the other class. They are being talked to. They are being put in, put in time out. Negroes believe time out means the time I knock you out for what you did wrong and the time you wake up. That's time out. So the reality <laughs> is we've got to understand more complicated ways and approaches because, yeah, canceling somebody to me borrows from the logic of the very people that we hold as enemies or that are enemies to the process of development and evolution. So so yeah, we're canceling our young kids and look at the result of that. What do you think about, you know, us canceling Super Bowl halftime and us canceling mm-hmm. Gucci and Prada and Montclair? And- See, the the, the 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 Super Bowl halftime to me is complicated. Let me tell you why. I think when Jay-Z refuses to go, that's huge. When Rihanna refuses to go, that's huge. And I think they should stand with their principles. And I stand with them, right? Jay-Z is a friend of mine. Love him. Love his consciousness. Love his commitment of conscience to our cause and refusing to participate was a huge statement. Travis Scott, not so much. Travis Scott doesn't do it. The next Negro up will we'll stand in that place, right? So the thing is, or, or people want to cancel Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight is 74 years old. <laughs> Recognize her game. Recognize what she's meant to this culture. Midnight Train to Georgia. Go get Farrah Jasmine Griffin's book, Who Set You Flowing, to look at her examination of immigration narrative, black and black migration narratives and how the music in part set the terms for our own self-understanding in that. The thing is, is that when you, when you think about canceling Gladys Knight, she's, wait a minute, 
even if you think she made a mistake, I didn't agree with the statement she made about the anthem. That that was I, I didn't agree with that, but I agree with the fact that Gladys Knight is such a huge figure who should be seated legitimacy, right? Talking about believe women. What women do we believe? What Do we believe Gladys Knight? Do we believe <laughs> Candace Owens? Mm-hmm. She's a black woman too, right? So the thing is, we got, to, we got to test the durability of their truth and the insight that they bring. Gladys Knight is a 74-year-old black woman who was fought before some of these people were born. She got the cachet. She got the cachet. She got the cash. She got the, you know, she got the rigorous uh, testimony to what she has been committed to. So, and, and plus, Atlanta is a black city with a black mayor, Right. Meek Mill was there that weekend talking about criminal justice reform. It's complicated. There are multiple streams of resistance. Thurgood Marshall was in the courts. Martin Luther King Jr. was in the streets. What happened to the inside-outside game? Everybody can't be the point guard. Somebody got to be the forward. Somebody got to be the center. We got to have multiple streams I've of consciousness. I've been saying that, man. But when black people cancel, I cancel you because I disagree with your with your style and your route. I think that's problematic. It doesn't mean that there aren't black people who sell us out. There are many of them. Clarence Thomas. Ben Carson, right? We can talk about that. But others would say, wait a minute, let's be more cautious about saying that. But I don't believe in canceling them. I don't believe in eradicating them. I believe in engaging them. If we can talk to white supremacists across the table, Martin Luther King Jr. sat down and negotiated with white supremacists. You mean we can't do the same thing for our brothers and sisters? We have to cancel you out? So now you're telling me we can't disagree with each other while saying, I hate you. I think you are so wrong. Look, I can disagree with you. I can think you're wrong. But I don't have to hate you. I don't have to cancel you. So I think when we look at the Super Bowl, that was a far more complicated affair than we made it to be. And look, look at what happened in in, in, in the scene squabbles. So Colin Kaepernick, my man, whom I love, and Eric Reed, my man whom I love, right? Eric Reed got into a fight rhetorically, ideologically with Malcolm Jennings. Malcolm Jennings is doing the work. In Philadelphia, he's talking about criminal justice reform. He's talking about cash bails. He's speaking about the ways in which the system of of justice for black people is fundamentally flawed and using his resources, took the $100 million, right, that group of his players, fellow players, from the NFL to say, we're going to leverage this in defense of our practices. How can they feel like he sold out, though. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they feel like Malcolm sold sold them out. But Malcolm, this is my point about the cancel culture, about Mm -hmm. the sellout language. Right? Martin Luther King Jr. was called a sellout. Yeah. Did he sell us out? That's true. Let me think. I think he didn't. But at the time, people thought that. Why can't we do both hands? Why can't we say, Malcolm do this, Martin do this, Fannie Lou Hamer do this, Ella Baker do this, we all do it together? How come you can't do something, somebody else can't do something, I can't do something? We say, look, we're dealing with the same elephant as many parts of yes. it. And yet we are so intolerant. Why? Because we are so desperate. We are so traumatized. Any expression has to represent all expression. One film... You know what you didn't do in that film? <laughs> Negro is one film, right? So I think that we have to have an open-mindedness. We want to sit around on the sidelines, casting stones at people rather than building together and doing something we think is effective. All right, we got more with Michael Eric Dyson. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Yep, we're back. It's The Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We have Michael Eric Dyson in the building. I, I got a couple more questions before we get mm-hmm. out of here. What do you think about all the backlash that Kam- Kamala Harris is receiving? I mean, she was on the greatest show in America yesterday, a couple of days ago, The Breakfast Club, where she yeah. broke it down. I mean, this this is an example of what I'm talking about. Kamala Harris been black from the giddy up. Ain't nobody... Qu- she been black. She was black and fine. She was black and intelligent. She was black and showing up doing her thing. 
And whether you agree with her or not had nothing to do with her blackness. It's with her ideology. Maybe you disagree with the politics she has. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But don't question the blackness. Right. Mm -hmm. right? The same people that want to hold black people to account in this generation, cancel culture, and with the Me Too, which is extremely important, ain't saying nothing about the passage in Michelle Obama's book where she went whole hog against Jeremiah Wright in one of the most misrepresentative pieces of of literature we've seen in the last five years. Yeah, I didn't I didn't agree with that either. Because it's like they loved <laughs> Jeremiah right at one point, but when it became bad for business mm -hmm. politically, they wanted to stand to the side. I didn't I don't like that. I'm How like, why, and, that? And why are you still doing that in the book? Like y'all not in the you, office you no more? You selling a billion copies. I love Michelle Obama like yeah, the rest yeah, of us, yeah, right? Yeah. But Michelle Obama gratuitously assaulting Jeremiah Wright is offensive in the nth degree. But we where, where's the cancel culture at? Cancel Michelle? Are you going to cancel Michelle? Well, a lot of people are you going to cancel Michelle? A lot, don't, they don't, don't that, that digital era don't know about Jeremiah, right? But see, that's my point. Yeah. Something you just said, don't know. And ain't, and ain't trying to know. Mm -hmm. And ain't trying to ask what they don't know. This is my problem with digital culture. On the one hand, it's brilliant. It puts an entire library at your keystroke. That's the genius of digital culture. And no more that's encyclopedias. Remember, we all had all encyclopedias that. at mm -hmm. home. But see, but then the browsing is cut off. So when mm -hmm. you go to the card catalog, you're looking for the book. Oh, I was looking for Charlemagne's book. But I discovered DJ Envy's book. I discovered Angela Yee's book. You know, I discovered something else because I was looking. And I think, again, the, the illusion of omnicompetence that the digital culture gives you. It, believe, it makes you believe because I can wield a keystroke. I can say something. Ooh, I said something bold. And I can cut somebody out. Or I can, I can, I can shade them. Look at the shades of meaning, not the shades you can give. Facebook, I had to face the book and read it. Look at the digital era's genius, but look at its subversion of tradition and apprenticeship. There is no sense of apprenticeship that you can't have it now. Everybody shouldn't be famous. Everybody shouldn't have a platform. Everybody doesn't have the capacity to speak well at a particular time. And we should acknowledge that. Just because you have access to that particular forum doesn't mean you got something profound to say. Should it democratize expression? So that people that you want to rule out have something to say, absolutely. But you got to have the bona fides. You got to have the chops. You got to have the ability, once you get in, to show you deserve to be there. Back to your point about Kamala Harris, it's ridiculous. Judge her based upon her performance. Judge her based upon her politics. Judge her based upon what she will or will not do. But to dismiss her as not being black enough, we done been down there. Well, we done been there and done black before. Let's figure out more complicated and nuanced ways to engage a figure like Kamala Harris. What, what should the black agenda be? Because a lot of people are saying we're not even thinking about voting in 2020 if these candidates don't have a black agenda. Okay, just get what you already got then. Right, look, look, look. Talking about the black left, I'm part of the black left. I had huge arguments with the black left last election. Ain't no difference between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. How you like it now? You, are you telling me mm -hmm. that you don't think as flawed as Hillary Clinton was, as problematic as you thought she was, that Hillary Clinton was no different than than Donald Trump. This is the trauma and pr and problem and tragedy of so much of our politics. And again, for younger black people getting involved, it didn't turn out my way. Welcome to the world. You got to fight again. This ain't Jesus versus Muhammad, right? This ain't no pure ecstasy of divine appropriation of human form to express identities. These are flawed human beings who are jacked up like you and I are, but some less so than others, and some with better policies than others. We have to make them accountable to our interests. The black agenda should be what? Crime reform, criminal justice reform is huge. The persistence of poverty is huge in this country. Voter suppression, let's not ask, 
Kamala Harris how black she is. Let's ask what policy she has to combat voter suppression in this country. We'll never have perfect politics, but we have to understand the need to get involved in the game. And if we lay back with that same attitude, look at the last election. People were putting in Harambe and filling in the blank of something <laughs> just to be voting for protests. This is what the right wing understands. You ain't just voting for Trump. You voting for the Supreme Court. Look how ingenious they were. There are now probably three choices that Donald Trump will have to shape that court. And if you don't think that makes a difference in your life, you are sadly mistaken. This is why it's extremely important for young people to get involved and for us to continue to vote. You ain't going to never have no perfect candidates, but you got to be perfectly engaged in the process. What did Grace Jones say? I may not be perfect, but I'm perfect for you. That's what we got to, that's the attitude we have to have when it comes to voting in this country. My All man. right. Well, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure. Michael right. Eric Dyson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Michael Eric Dyson, baby. My brother. Bars. Bars. Don't y'all cancel him. Bars on bars. Please don't. <laughs> please don't. Please, 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 please don't. Don't nobody cancel, cancel Michael Eric Dyson. Dyson. My God, I got bills to pay and kids to raise. <laughs> Some people are uncancelable. Thank All you. Right. Love y'all. Breakfast Club, good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's Black History Month. What are we doing for our people? Today's Black History Month moment is courtesy of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, it's one of the greatest scenes in TV history. It showed us that Will Smith could really, really act. And if you were a deadbeat father, it made you want to get your act right and be there for your churn. This is when Will Smith's father left him for what seems like the 19th time on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. This is a Black History Month moment. I'm sorry. I, you know, if there was something that I... Hey, you know what? You ain't got to do no, nothing, Uncle Phil. Hey, you know, ain't like I'm still five years old, you know? Ain't like I'm going to be sitting up every night asking my mom, when's daddy coming home, you know? Who needs him? Hey, he wasn't there to teach me how to shoot my first basket, but I learned, didn't I? Hey, I got pretty damn good at it, too, didn't I, yeah, Uncle Phil? Did. Got through my first day without him, right? Mm. I learned how to drive. I learned how to shave. I learned how to fight without him. I had 14 great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Die out with him! Will. Uh, you know what, Uncle Phil? I'm going to get through college without him. I'm going to get a great job without him. I'm going to marry me a beautiful honey, and I'm going to have me a whole bunch of kids. I'm going to be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as hell don't need him for that, because ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. How come he don't want me, man? That was a Black History Month moment brought to you by The Breakfast Club. There's no way you can watch that scene and your eyes don't water up. If you're a full-blown cry, it's going to make you cry. Same thing when Ricky gets shot in the back in Boys in the Hood, when uh, Mufasa dies in The Lion King, and when Thomas J gets stung by all those bees in my girl. Those three things... And Will Smith right there, guaranteed to make my eyes water, without question. All right. Well, thank you for that Black History Month moment. Now, uh, when we come back, positive notice, The Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> All right, cool. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for your positive note. Give me some positivity. Listen, man, the positive note for the day is simple. Some people dream of success while others wake up and work hard at it. Get your ass up and go work on your dream today. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? 